Okay, so today is, ooh, it's like March 21st, 2021. And thankfully, I have these ways of just keeping myself together in some shape or form, um, which is really helpful for me because sometimes I can get lured into this place of like almost like no return or whatever when I am feeling the need to self-regulate because I'm a little off. And it's just really nice. It's so nice to have that awareness because I think for a long time in my life, I would just feel off and then I would just guilt myself through feeling off and unhappy and just be like kind of mad at myself for not being happy and like not being grateful or whatever. But it's been really empowering to step into this world of like, you know what? Actually, we have constant triggers, constant emotions. Like there's even five domains of areas where people commonly feel stressed or um, triggered or, you know, just like exhausted or just like depleted from their life about. And it's nice to know that those are real things that are happening to you all day long, every day. It doesn't matter what religion you are, what, um, what your belief system, what lifestyle choices a person has made, like there's still gonna be five domains that are gonna be constant stressors on a person just because they're a living human being, right? So that's been really empowering to be like, yeah, like I need to schedule daily occurrences where I can just be like taking charge of my own self-regulation and making that a priority so that I don't have to be put into a place of like no return, like out of my own will in some ways, like almost like forgetting that I have agency to do anything about my situation. So that's been really nice like really nice right because you know it's easy like for example I woke up today and I just kind of I had a so-so wake up like I had a late night last night which was okay because like really I'm just like being a, per a member of my family and so that's great you know like it's great to have family it's great to be you know present in my roles in my opportunities to be a family member in my family and that meant yesterday was a late night so that also meant that I woke up late and like, and it's funny because seriously, it was like, I don't know, 6.30 or something when I woke up. To some of you, maybe that's like extremely early, right? Like everyone's on a different schedule. Typically, waking up on time for me looks like 4.30 or 5, right? 5 at the latest. But lately, because it's been like the daylight savings time or whatever, it's meant that I wake up at 6 or 6.30 every day which was the used to time of 5.30, right? So it's like, I have to be kind to myself and be like, yeah, I'm still waking up at 5.30 on the last, you know, time space that it used to be. And now because the time changed, it's like, yeah, I will always feel like I'm waking up late right now um, until I can somehow switch my thought process to be like, no, I'm still waking up on time. It's just that everybody else is on a different schedule than what my on time looks like right now. Like I had to develop that kind of a kindness to myself over time because I was realizing that yes, there's this schedule that people have created where it's 12 o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, all the way back to 12 o'clock again, right? And then there's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday schedule. But honestly, I think a mom comedian needs to make up like a new clock and a new schedule where it's just like, it doesn't say 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. It says like diaper change, diaper cry, you know, like baby cries, baby needs help, 
like baby needs to eat, like all of these things. And then like all, all of the other things that, that they might want to do in the day, like visit with friends, da 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 da, and all of this kind of thing, right? Because really that's what it's about. It's like ever since I was pregnant and was in the phase of having a baby, it was like that's what I was trained to do. It's like school does not do it, um, society doesn't do it, but when a mother is about to have a baby, they get this like spiritual impression, at least I did, where it's like, you need to shut off your phone. You need to shut off every part of yourself that tells you anything about what you should be doing, what you, you know, could be doing, what you, you know, what's the checklist, whatever. You need to shut off that complete side of your brain that your phone would help you to be able to manage, right? And you need to tap into that place in yourself that's just all about how could I love even more? You know, how could I be even more willing? How could I be even more open-minded? How could I be even more receptive? How could I be even more creative? How could I be even more um, faith-filled, you know, in Jesus Christ? How could I be even more open to the blessings that are, are, are being showered upon me? How could I be even more receptive to the things that I could be doing right now to be ready to receive um, inspiration, instruction, anything that would be helpful to be an instrument in Jesus Christ's hands right now, right? Like that's the kind of the brain, that's the kind of clock, that's the kind of week that I have learned over time has been my, you know, like my clockwork, right? Like everybody has their, you know, work schedule, whatever, you know, that they've created. And for me, because my work is my family and my, my home, like that is my schedule, right? It's like, you know, I don't have a 12, one, two, three, four o'clock, five o'clock time, um, sense of time. I have a, oh, child needs this time or, oh, I need to self-regulate time. Oh, other child needs this time. Oh, husband needs this time, right? You know, like I'm not on a um, worldly schedule. It's like the schedule of like love and nurturing and like relationships and um, making time for those things that matter the most, that will last through eternity. Cause like, I honestly feel like, you know, like in this, in this life right now, this temporal life, we have limits, right? We have, oh, it's one o'clock now and now it's two. You know, that time has passed, right? We try to keep track of all of these things that are very much just all about um, limits and like, you know, keeping track of what we can, you know, like calculate and all of these things. But it's such a, um, I just don't believe that that's the all end, right? I just can't wait to get to the next life and get to a place in my journey of learning where I can take the heavenly, eternal, celestial class that's all about what what was the beginning of time? Anyways, what was that all about? You know, like, and how is time even measured? Can it even be measured if it's eternal, right? Like, is there, you know, and like, and I realize that, you know, there's day one, day two, three, three, day four, day five, six days that the earth was created and the seventh day they rested, right? So of course, of course, there's some aspect of mathematics that have created the universe, if not all aspects <laughs> of creating the universe and everything, right? Like, there's a definite schedule going on, right? Like, it's, and, it, and there's an internal clock that has been built into my body, whether it's um, about cycles, 
menstruation or whether it's about, you know, like even when I do have babies, like literally it's clockwork. I time myself in between contractions and through contractions and it's literally a pattern. Like there's a beautiful actual pattern to my flow of how I have babies, when I have them, and like, you know, like they're typically a certain number of minutes apart or a certain duration between contractions or within contractions. And, and it's just really fascinating, right? It's like a beautiful world that I'm a part of. And I don't know, I guess I, I felt like I needed to talk today because I was getting all tizzied out. I was tizzied out by all the regular stuff I usually get tizzied out. When I say tizzied out, I'm saying like I was getting unregulated, you know, unself-regulated. I was going from the green hat, wearing this green hat where everything's clear-minded and I can just do anything to like the yellow hat, like breaking on the red hat, right? Um, where it's just like, you know, the yellow hat is like, yeah, no, like I'm starting to go downhill. Like my, my tank is almost empty and I don't know when empty is gonna be, so it's time to fill up. Um, but yeah, like that's where I'm at. So then I was like, okay, well, at least I can start with the recording because that always seems to help me, right? Like it just always seems to help me at least talk out what is going on, you know, what is going on? And so, you know, there's parts of it where it's like, well, I was kind of feeling frustrated by the regular stuff, you know, where it's like, I start the day and I just, I do, I just hate when like I'm being asked these questions from people that are just like deeply, they're just inconsiderate, they, they just are. But it's because of their immaturity that they feel like they have the audacity to ask certain questions, right? Whether it's questions about things that are related with, you know, you know, a person could see them as self-entitlement or they could see them as like needs that they actually need to know the answer to, right? And, but either or, I still feel in this awkward place of like, it doesn't matter how I answer this question. It's just uh, like, uh, like kind of like that Minesweeper game, it's just like, you never know when you're gonna be stepping on a bomb, right? And so it's just like, I don't even wanna have this conversation right now. Like no comment altogether. Really, I'm just working on getting myself ready for the day and taking care of myself. And I'm not ready to be answering any questions about anything, like period, right? <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, like that's just where I'm at. And so it's like, you know, I have to, I have to come to peace with myself about all of those feelings, right? and be okay that like, I actually don't wanna talk to anybody. I just wanna be journaling for like two hours right now and just do that. And yes, people are gonna be upset at different times, maybe disoriented, maybe not know what to do, maybe like not totally in their best state. It like in, in the opposite effect, if I were, you know, if I had already gotten ready two hours earlier so that then I could be present with their needs or whatever, right? And, and all at the same time though, like I need to be really honest with myself, you know, be like, like it could be easy to just beat myself up and be like, oh, like there I go again. Like it's my weakness. I, I'm not waking up at the time that I should be so I can be ready to serve all of these things. But at the same time, it's like, I, I realize it's like, no, I just can't do that to myself every single time and, and make this, this perfect robot standard for myself to be like, hey, I'm not a robot today, so I failed, right? I'm not like this computer programmed person that that just like, that was able to function all the time, you know? Like, and even then though, like there's human errors, like there's malfunctions all the time, right? And so like, if there's space for that, like I need to give myself that space 
to be willing to be like, no, like, of course, of course I'm gonna have days where I wake up a little later than I would expect. You know, of course I'm gonna have different days where, you know, like people are asking me for different things and I literally do not have the heart to want to help them. It's like literally I'm still taking care of myself and literally I have no desire to be doing that next thing that you're asking about right now. Like, and, and to just call it that, right? And I was like writing this through into my journal being like, what is this? And then it's like, wait, you know what it is? I think it's this ingrained thought process that I, I developed over time growing up where it was like, it was more important to please others than it was to really be honest with myself of what I needed at the time, right? It was way more important to be seen as a person that was yes person, willing and pleasing. And, and like somebody that was like a contributor or somebody that was just like so, um, you know, so open-minded and so creative and so resourceful and all of these things, right? Like a person that's just on and ready to serve, right? And I just kind of like developed this kind of funny identity, uh, like thought process about myself to be like, yeah, that's what I am. That's what I should be all the time. And I, there's no room for me to be human ever. And that I should just be this pre-programmed person that's robotic in, in constantly serving, constantly helping, constantly, um, all of that kind of thing, right? And, and it's kind of toxic because I kind of have put that pressure on other people that I live with in an unhealthy kind of way, right? So then it's just like, yeah, no, like I can't do that to myself or other people. Like there needs to be space for breathing in and breathing out any day of the, the week, right? In the same way that like, you know, when I'm birthing a baby, Heavenly Father's giving me great space to be like, hey, like you don't just birth a baby by saying, oh, here we go, like five, four, three, two, one, birth, right? Like, and it's just like blast off. Like that's not how birth happens. It's like you breathe in and you breathe out. And you just keep doing that for however long is the Lord's timing pretty well for like this baby to suddenly be like, oh, well, I'm ready to come now, you know, like, <laughs> and so it's like, that's just all it is. And see, that's why I kind of just like related my experience to this whole process of, you know, when I was having this baby inside of me every time, it's like this most beautiful life lesson, milestone, m m meaningful experience for me every time those contractions start and it's like go time. You know, I still remember the first time I was having a baby, it was like, oh, well, this is happening. Like I'm literally at the doorway of becoming this person that's literally gonna join the mom's club, right? Like the mom's club of the world, where I'm gonna like literally be this person that like when it's Mother's Day, like I'm gonna be one of those people where people are like, oh, it's Mother's Day. Like let's like tamper these people that are mothers, right? And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, I wasn't doing it for the show. I wasn't doing it for recognition, all of this kind of stuff. But there was still that part of me that was like, I feel like I'm, I'm entering into this rite of passage of being able to understand people that are mothers. You know, my own mother, other people around me that are mothers, like, because I'm going to be one of them, right? And it was just such a fascinating moment of quiet in between a contraction when I just had this thought of like, wow. This is really exciting. Like at the end of today, I'm gonna have a baby in my arms. Like, that's so cool. And then like the next time I was having a baby, well, like I had a few other times. So I had two miscarriages after that, like a year apart from one another. So like I thought I was pregnant 
then I wasn't, and I thought I was pregnant, and then I wasn't, and like I had to heal through some of those experiences. Thankfully, I knew yoga at the time, so I just did like a lot of yoga <laughs> to like help me through them. And then I had my third, no, like my, so that that was like three pregnancies. Then my fourth pregnancy, which is my second child, um, that was when there was a lot of kerfuffle with that too, because I didn't know I was pregnant. And so I was doing all this like yoga stuff, eating all this stuff that people that aren't pregnant eat. And, and then, you know, I had this like hemorrhage thing with like blood, like two cups of blood just like left me. And I was like, oh, I'm like really losing a lot of blood. Like, I don't know what this is. And then after a little while, I was like, no, like, yeah, you're actually pregnant, but it looks like this baby's yeah. gonna miscarriage as well. And then I was like, no, and you know, and then th there's a whole other story related with that about how you know we were able to change up some things, and clearly it was always, it always is, it was the hand of God that basically made it so this child could just not have a miscarriage and just like actually make us meet this child, right? And so this child just kept growing after this beautiful experience we had where things changed up and we were on a totally different trajectory. Who's that? <coughs> Sorry. Who's that? You. <clears throat> and then, and then it turned out that this baby was breech. So you know, typically in the medical world, they're like, oh, a breech baby. That means you'll have to have a cesarean section and have to have a surgery to have this baby. But thankfully, we were with a midwife that really like understood that world of breech babies, and they're like, no, totally. A mother can naturally birth a breech baby, no problem. Like if they're if they believe in themselves and they can keep, <clears throat> you know, focused, like, and they're healthy and strong, like, no big deal. And so we were totally just on the same page with that anyway. Um, and because of different rules and stuff, like she had a clear understanding that if, if I was still breached on the day of delivery, then like, yeah, we would go to the hospital and do that whole deal, right? Um, but it just turned out that like, you know, when I first started that, that time, it was like, hey, I kind of need to go to the bathroom. And then it was like, oh, hey, actually, I am still needing to go to the bathroom over and over again. And it's like, no, I'm not going to the bathroom. I'm gonna have a baby today. And it was like, you know, a couple of hours later, and it was like, okay, this is getting a little bit more like, you know, that we should call the midwife and be like, what, this is where we're at. And like amongst that call, I was like, oh, like it was just like this like roller coaster of a contraction. And then she's like, actually, it sounds like you're about to have the baby. Can you feel the baby? I was like, what do you mean can I feel the baby? I didn't even know I was like really in like active labor. She's like, just just see if you can feel the baby. And then I, so I was like um, checking and then I was like, oh yeah, I can feel the head of the baby. <laughs> she's like, yeah, just call 911. I'll be there soon. I was like, okay. And then, and then what, let, like, then we called and they're like, okay, let me just check the paper to tell you what to do to, to catch a baby. And, and Rory's like, no. And he just puts the foot down, foot, foot, the phone down and he puts out his hand. And I'm having this like major roller coaster contraction all over again. And then like, after all that, he's just like something, something, we have a baby. I'm like, what? How did we have a baby? Like I was just breathing. And then, and then the person on the phone's like, oh yeah, congratulations, what gender? And then he's like, Jenny, what gender? I was like, oh, it's a boy. And then they're like, they're like, oh, congratulations. And then like, you know, and then Rory noticed like he wasn't really talking or anything. And then after a while he coughed and started crying. And then that's about the time that I had like another child. They're like, Bobby, save me. Like I'm all by myself. Like, of course, like the biggest drama of a person that's social is like, 
not having anyone to be social with. So it was like, yeah, okay, daddy, like went out and talked to this person. And then passed me the baby and I got to be like skin to skin, nursing with my baby. And I was fine. Like I didn't even need the midwives. I didn't need any 911 people. Like we were fine. I just knew what to do. I could nurse the baby. I could like clothe the baby, like get the diapers. Like it was all good. Like we were totally good. It was like the most beautiful birth experience that I ever had. And it was probably one of those birth experiences that most people I talk to, they're like, oh my goodness, that sounds so scary. I'm like, are you kidding me? You think that situation sounds scary compared to like whatever other birth situation you've ever heard of? Like, I have no idea what you're talking about because that to me was the most simple, straightforward birth that I had ever had with no complication, no problem. It was like, I didn't even know I was in labor, right? Like I was like, just like sneezing out a baby in between meals. And it was just like, what in the world just happened? Like, that was not scary at all. That was like the best situation ever. Like I was so happy with that. And so then I was like, man, I can't wait to have more babies if that's what it's gonna be about. But the other ones were sure not like that. It was like, you know, like that was my second baby, fourth pregnancy. And then my fifth pregnancy with my third child was like, okay, so I get pregnant and then, and then, you know, over time they find out that I have like pregnancy diabetes. And so then I have to check my blood and like check like, and like break down every gram of food that I like ate. And it was super stressful. Cause it's like, seriously, when you eat, you just swallow it. You don't like measure it to know how much you just ate. Like it was just like, not what I was used to. So I had to do that for like a good six months and like, you know, and thankfully though, like I could just move forward with that pregnancy and just call it good. And like, we didn't have to do anything strange or anything. Like I could just have my birth pool, have the baby, but seriously, <laughs> when I was having this baby, I was like, you know, I was going through, going through, I was like, yeah, probably 10 or 20 more hours of this. It's all going to be good. But then like, I was getting to this crowning spot, you know, the part where the baby's going down the birth canal and they're about to come out. And I was just like, I was just really like, heaving and hoeing in there. And I was like, seriously, I thought the baby would have come like 10, 15 minutes ago. Like how much longer is it gonna be? Cause like with my other babies, it's like I get to that point where it's like, yeah, baby's about to come right out. And it's like within the next contraction, baby comes out, right? But with this one, it felt like I needed like five or 10 more contractions and like 15 to 30 more minutes of just like really like being in the zone. Like I was ready 30 minutes ago, right? Like I was just so ready to be done with this, right? Um, and then, and then, yeah. And then he came out and he was like, it was like a really white color. And I think he had like some of that like baby lotion on him. Um, they called like Vernix. And he was just like so sleepy. <laughs> He's just like so like, and he was like, I felt, he was like eight pounds. So like, you know, he was bigger and it was just like, it was just really sweet. He was just like this little panda bear. And I was like, oh, this is so sweet. Um, but you know, shortly after I was still so exhausted. I was like, that was, that was the hardest labor I've been through. <laughs> like maybe it's because the last baby was like six pounds and then, and then it's like two pounds more. It does make a difference for me. And I was just like, oh goodness. And like literally like after having that baby, like I just, I couldn't do a lot. But I like I, was I just pounds, was not there a lot of the time. Like I just couldn't do it. I didn't want to hold the baby. I didn't want to 
I had a lot of not want to's around that time. And I was just very, just like distraught and like very unsettled. I didn't realize that at the time, but I probably had postpartum depression um, because I was just very not myself. Um, but thankfully I had different supports. Like I had one, one friend that like when my husband needed to go away, and that was also too, like he was doing a job at the time where he had to leave like, like sometimes a month at a time, sometimes like a week to two weeks at a time where I just didn't have any um, face-to-face interaction with him other than through a phone. Uh, because of his work schedule and so it was like kind of tricky um thankfully i was living with my mom at the time which actually made it so we could survive through that situation where like you know my baby could be fed like crackers by my mom or like you know like eight pound baby yeah (laughs) and like and you know like at least she could be like holding him in the sun when he needed to have sunshine and like and then i could just like carry on with my other two that were like super energetic Uh, you know like i thought that i that was just the deal you know you have kids and they're energetic but it's not until later that i realized i have this like type one energy child and a type three energy child and it made sense why it's like i had all of my energy to just take care of the two and there was like little energy left to take care of the third one and thankfully the third one was like more of a yin energy anyway so he wasn't really needing a lot of that like high energy interaction and yet you know over time now looking back it's like of course of course if i would have done that situation all over again i would have hired a nanny right to go and run around with the kids so i can have the skin to skin time with my baby and just actually have that connection time to hold them and like actually absorb them as a baby and like actually take pictures of them as a baby. Cause like, honestly, I don't think I took pictures of this baby until they were like four because it took like four years for me to like heal from like having that baby, right? Like, like emotionally and just like get over the trauma of just like the, just the sickness that comes with moms when they just feel overwhelmed. So anyways, that was quite an interesting experience. Thankfully, I had friends though, like, you know, my one friend that was super compassionate where I was like t- complaining to her. I was like, oh, my husband needs to go away again this next couple weeks. I don't know how I'm gonna get through it. She's like, oh yeah, just come over for however long you need, like three days or whatever. And I was like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, just bring all your dirty clothes, pack them up right now and just leave. Just come, like it's three hours away. And then I was trying to calculate in my brain. I was like, I don't think I can do it. I don't have the gas or the food. She's like, no, we're just gonna figure it out. Like. Just use your food money to pay for the gas and I'll cover the food and whatever. And we had this glorious fun time for like a week. It felt like weeks. It felt like two weeks. It was only like three days. But seriously, it was like she would make all these meals and we would talk like every night about like everything that was on my mind, about everything that I was feeling sick about. And and she gave me so many sweet recommendations, right? Like that's where I got on the simplicity parenting bandwagon or like you know, just different Waldorfy stuff because she had her kids go through a Waldorf school and she loved that kind of pedagogy, that like educational mindset. And I was like, yeah, like I'm all over that kind of mindset too. Like I really think that that there's a lot of value in it. So I started like, you know, adopting a lot of those um, learnings, teachings and things. And I really appreciated it because it was like for the first time in my life, I really had somebody tell me age to age all the things that a person would need to have a really thorough wholesome core and level learning phase you know like in it like to the t right not just this vague understanding of like oh they need to understand good and right good and bad or right and wrong and 
and truth and error and like they need to understand the importance of play and work and family and and family history and all these things like you know like those are good guidelines which I was able to get from like you know um, leadership education kind of principles but like when it came down to it it's like I didn't really get it still you know especially being somebody that is like way unexperienced with it I needed more details so I was thankful to meet that friend that was like actually I follow this methodology and I was like oh well this is lovely because it actually does fit in with the methodology I've been working with in my mindset of how I'm doing like my life with myself my kids like and what what is what revolves around every choice that we make so that we can be you know living a life that is like following Jesus Christ um in every aspect of our lives and so like it was really fun like I really loved it because I felt like for the first time I felt like there was people in the world that I was meeting through books and like different conferences and stuff that really took the time to honor childhood and understand child development and really take the time to be respectful of it right and rather than trying to push children through developmental stages and making them feel like they need to be an adult immediately like there was like the first time in the world that I was around these people that really got it I really felt like they, they were on point with exactly how much time people need to own their own development right like to get to the point where they can they can take their personal responsibility and ownership of regulating themselves right but they because they've been they've been given that space to rest in someone else's care, to play in someone else's care, to grow in someone else's care, right? Like it's all, all of these dynamics of all these things that I've been learning that like, you know, step by step, I've been able to just like adopt little by little. And so anyways, I had this child, then I was, went through like my pits and then had some friends help me and then I started learning and that was amazing. Because I didn't realize it at the time, but I, like, a part of the reason why I struggle so hard is because I stopped reading my scriptures, I stopped, I stopped, like, really learning anything. Like, with my first couple children, I was always reading something. Like, I was always reading a book, always growing. But after I had this child, maybe even during the time that I was pregnant with them, I just stopped. I just stopped, and I had this long period where I just never read anything. And it was always about duty. It was always the dishes. It was always the diapers. Diapers and dishes, diapers and dishes, diapers and dishes, right? Like, and it was my first time in my life that I had two children with diapers, and I was struggling so hard. Like, I hated every diaper that I had to change, and it was just, like, really bad. And then, um, yeah, and then somehow, Heavenly Father really helped me out of it. It's like, through the learnings that I was having through these different, like, scholars about child development, all of these kinds of things, and then just, like, becoming really honest about, you know, ministering to other people amongst my own troubles and all this kind of thing, and, like, he just gave me strength. It's, like, especially through ministering. It's, like, I was in the hardest time of my life, and yet he still gave me the prompting, like, what if you tried ministering? What if you noticed who are you to minister to, and what if you just try to minister to them? And so I did. I ministered to them. I visit them every month and I just like scheduled that time and made it happen even though I had like three little babies just like running around and just doing life as they felt like was theirs to do and and it was a struggle to do it but at the same time it really strengthened me it was like it's like one of those things where Heavenly Father wants us to be obedient to something so he can give us the blessings that are related with that thing and I just felt so delighted that he gave me that secret 
weapon, right? To fight against this trial that I was going through, through accessing the blessings of ministering to others. So that was like the first time I really felt like I, I gained it like a powerful testimony of ministering because I was struggling so hard and it didn't make any logical sense why or how I was getting better, but it was working to minister to other people. And you know, it just ended up getting to a point where then I was pregnant with my next one. And around that time I was like, and like, no, right before I got pregnant with her, I decided to start a pathway program um, so that I was like taking steps to start my degree in like family studies um, and I'm doing the pathway program to get started and then I was pregnant and so you know like I felt way better about that pregnancy though because I just knew that I was on a tight schedule with learning and so I just really felt like I was going to be okay going through that pregnancy and you know doing all the other things related with that afterwards um, which it was it was so helpful even though it doesn't make any logical scientific sense. I literally only had like three hours of sleep every day for like the nine months that I was pregnant and like going through this course and whatever. Like literally a mother of any amount of children honestly needs like eight to 10 hours of good sleep. But for some reason, I don't know what it was about this course that I was taking that it was really feeding me in ways that like sleep didn't or couldn't at the time and I just needed it so bad that I just didn't care about not sleeping. I really didn't. I was like, whatever. Like, I get to listen to talks from apostles like five to 10 times a day for my homework assignments. Like, I'm all over this. Like, I'm fine. Like, totally fine, right? And I like loved, I loved interacting in that course. It was like one of my favorite courses that I've ever taken. And I love the social interaction every week to go and like discuss and talk about what we were learning and support one another and, and there was always the treats that was the best like not because the treats were very healthy but just like just the social feel that we're just all together relaxed and we're just being together you know even to the point of sharing the things that we're we're like each assigned to sharing or whatever for me. and and it was a it was a ball like it was just so much fun um so I really liked that that was so much fun I was so glad that I took that while I was pregnant with my fourth um, and then, oh, and the best thing ever about that pregnancy was like something happened where like my husband was like, hey, I'm not going to be working for these people anymore. I need to move and switch jobs. So we were in this tizzy kind of of like, hey, like, what is he going to work and where are we going to live because of what he's going to work or whatever. While at the same time, something happened with my midwife where it was like, I just don't feel like she's a fit for what I need, right? As a midwife from a midwife and so we decided to part ways and I was left in a position without a midwife and yet I still wanted a midwife like I just didn't want a doctor or a gynecologist like I just wanted a midwife who understood and was willing to advocate for natural birth and so I was like yeah no like I'm gonna find a midwife but like honestly for weeks and weeks I felt like months even but weeks and weeks for sure just contacting every single person we could in the city and like everybody was full like everybody was constantly full you know they were maybe considering being able to let us in if we paid a certain amount you know just as a fee for that um but like it just never there was never a person that we really felt like could support us with what we were looking for right and so it was like searching searching and then i just over time i just kind of got the idea well what if i could just call this one homeschool midwife mom that I met back in the day before I even had a husband and children. 
And like, what if I could just like, or no, I met her like more, you know, what after I had my first child, because we were still volunteering with this homeschool group then. And yeah, I was like, hey, what if I just called her and asked her? So I went and called her, and she's like, yeah, I could just take you today. And then we just kind of made random plans to be like, well, I really believe in doing this, so I'm willing to just rent a hotel, like, and have the baby in a hotel, and then go from there, right? Like, I'm just fine. Um, then my husband, who's a little bit more planner, was like, well, maybe let's find a place to rent. Like, you know, even if it means we only stay there for a month, two months, three months, whatever, like, we'll just, that's just, like, if we can do it, let's see if we can. So then we go and look, and like, I just love this place that he found. I was like, oh goodness, like this, this is like legit. Cause like, seriously, okay, in Calgary, you know, at the time we were paying like maybe $400 to my parents per month which is like way below average, right? Like they were just giving it to us for free pretty well, but they were just asking enough to pay for water. And then every other place we looked at, it was like $1,600 per month just to live there, right? Just to have a shelter. And it was like, and it was not a great place. It was like maybe two, three bedrooms in a tiny townhouse where you're attached to all these other houses and you have to be mindful of like how loud or whatever you are because you're attached by walls or like basements or whatever. I was like, that doesn't feel great. And then and then if you just wanted one level in that city, it was like $2,000 plus, like $2,500 for like one level. Like and not even the whole place, right? And then we go and find this place. And I think we, we it was like originally for like, I don't know, a thousand or something. That's all they were asking was like a thousand per month. And we're like, ah, uh, okay, like great. Like, I think we can do that. Um, and then, you know, and then we were kind of in line for different things. And so they were like, yeah, like we'll get back to you if it works out. And we're like, no, 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 we want this place. Like we'll pay you 1200 per month if we can just have it and be like first in line, like first gifts. And you can just call us right away and just say that we have it, right? And they're like, they were totally fine with that. They were like, yeah, yeah, we could take that, right? And that was like so lovely. So then we had this house set up and then this like, you know, I was about to have this baby. And like, and so we arrived here and start moving in. And then like, honestly, it was like the most glorious thing ever. It was like, you know, it was the same day that like, um, it was like fireworks that night or something. Or like, and then the next day we wake up and we're like going to a parade. And then like all of these other times in the, in the week, we're like going from place to place with all these festival things they were having that week. Cause it was like the, the first week that they were doing the first year they were doing this festival called Chautauqua where it's just basically like a pioneer trail kind of a um, remembrance kind of a week like a heritage kind of week celebration so they were having all this cowboy stuff and like different like bouncy castles like it was a ball you know like if, of all the ways Heavenly Father could have reassured me about my move that was it it's like I had everything that I could ever want to be like super social and super like interactive because I love festivals. Like I'm all over that. Like as a youth, that was my favorite volunteering experiences when I got to go and volunteer at like Canada Day festivals or whatever and go and do face painting or go and like, you know, play games with kids and like, you know, just like give away like prizes and you know, all of that kind of stuff. It was just so much fun. So like to be able to move to this community that had like a, a week that was set up like that already, I was like, oh. This is so fun. And so that was amazing. And then we found this other parent link spaces that were like huge, gigantic. And they were like, there was like five huge spaces of like art and like building stuff and like this indoor playground thing. And then another room that was huge for just like babies 
to like crawl around on furniture. It was just like, uh, how did we do this? Like, how did we find all these like crazy, amazing spaces? So like, that was my introduction into this like beautiful little community that we found that's like just right by the border that just so happens to have like the first temple in Canada right across the street, right? Like, and it's like, just so happens to be the town that when I was 15 and went to this temple, I was like, oh, I just can't wait for one day when I'm grown up enough and I get to be like one of those millionaires that like gets to live across from the temple. And Cause I literally thought that I was like, yeah, these like houses must be so valuable because they're like right across the street from the temple and they're just like totally out of reach for me. But I just feel like one day when I make it in life, I'm just gonna live across the street from the temple and I'm just gonna love it so much, right? And then, you know, here I am as this person that's like having my fourth baby and it just so happens I get to go to this town like to have this baby and not only like have the baby, but I just end up, now it's been like almost five years. <laughs> And I'm still here because like, I can't leave. Like, I just can't. It's like, I've always lived this life of no regrets. And because that's like my constant, like in my DNA, probably kind of a like mantra for life. It's like, how could I do anything that could be like second best to this place, right? You know, the only other place that I could ever other consider is like Utah, right? Because like, they literally have like a Waldorf school that's like a public school right now. And they're like building other Waldorf schools. And it, which is awesome because like the Waldorf school here, the closest one, it's like $10,000 for like, I don't know, like one person. Whereas like if it's a public school in their system, then like parents don't have to pay that much amount because it's like already taken care of amongst the, the situation of living in that space. Like the taxes take care of it kind of deal. Anyways, so um, yeah. So really we just live in the best place because it's like we have we have like we just have this like space to breathe right because I kind of feel like I'm kind of one of those private people it's like even when I lived in the same city as all of these people in my family I feel like I have a better relationship with them when I don't live in the same city it's like I make more time to like spend time with them or I make more time to make it a priority or I make more time to just reach out right and, and, but I like it on my own terms, right? Like I just like being able to live my own separate life and then be able to engage with that, that energy of their, their, their energies in my family, like when I'm ready for it, right? And not feel like I'm being infringed upon to like do or be a certain way when I'm just like not, I'm like not on that same schedule. Um, so it's been really neat to be in this town to kind of spread my wings a little bit because like that's kind of how I felt it's like when I was in the city and being in that house with my family it was like I just you know I originally got the prompting to go there and move from Edmonton because I literally felt like oh it's time for us to go back home so we can be good missionaries to my parents but lo and behold I didn't realize that like having two kids and then a third one I'd be totally out of sorts, right? Like I would not even ev like ever really even be in a good place to be a good missionary or to like really help with anything. Like I was always the one that needed the help, right? In that stage in my life, in my season. And so I just kind of felt like a drain. Over time, it was like, no, it would be great for me to move. It would be great to live in a different place and just get on our own two feet without having to like drain all of the people around us of energy and resources and we need
need to just like develop our own independence that way. And so I was like, yeah, like this is all about learning how to become grown up enough to do this, right? Like on our own. And so we moved and then we've been living here for like almost five years and it's been amazing. Like I've just been so grateful for every aspect of it. You know, I've been grateful that we have been in the same town as some really people that we really connect with, like with me and my husband. Um, and you know, like we can have our marriage classes, we can like have, you know, I was counting it because me and my husband did this funny joke activity where we're like, okay, so if we could do arranged marriages for our children, who would be the families that we would do arranged marriages with? And so we were just like stacking up all this list of all these people and all of these families. I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't know we had like 20 friends, right? Like, you know, it was like rare that we even had like one friend or like two or three or five sometimes in different communities we were in. And then I was like stacking up this list. I was like, I can't even like keep this list to like five families or whatever, right? Like I, this is like, this is getting up to the 20s, right? Like I'm like, oh, and there's so more people. I'm like, oh, I just love being in a community where I can just feel like we have so many people in our lives that are like supportive of us or that we want to support or that we just feel like this, this deep desire to want to serve and just keep serving them like pretty much for a whole lives, right? And like no big deal. And like, and like, wouldn't that be cool if like somehow we became the same family? Like, oh, like that would just be like over the top. Like, oh my goodness. Like, can you just imagine? Becoming like, it's like, you know, of course it's always the situation where it's like, hey, you get married to somebody and then it's like the parents, the in-laws don't really have a say on who their in-law friends or like in-law, like in-law parent people are, you know, like they just kind of let the kids decide, right? But seriously, wouldn't that be cool if I could be like, these are my best friends. And when you get married, you have to choose between all of these best friends of mine because I just want to be in-law friends with them. Those are the people that I want to be with for the rest of my life and to be sealed in marriage with. And so just so you know, those are your only choices, right? <laughs> like, like if that could be a thing, like I think that'd be hilarious. Because honestly, whenever I was like exposed to my grandparents and how they had an arranged marriage, and I honestly feel like my my mom and dad had an arranged marriage. Like, you know, like there's just different situations about their getting to know one another that was just kind of more arranged than it was about like romance and love. Although, you know, my husband kind of pointed out to me that some of their pictures kind of indicate that they're pretty happy together, right? They're happy to be getting married. So it's just like, okay, probably. They were probably happy to get married too. Um, but other than that, and, and then I kind of feel like I was arranged marriage with my husband, even though I was over the moon about him. Like it was like, I was first, it was arranged. And then over time it was like, okay, I'm just like totally smitten with this idea, right? And so it's just, I don't know. I think it's still legit. Like even though it's not popular these days, I think it's legit. Um, so that was like the fourth baby. Now, and then, and then I had her, and it was like, it was still kind of a struggle, not as bad as the third one, right? Like, I was still, like, not really in the sorts to be in the rhythm of taking care of her needs, like, every single time she needed help and all of this kind of stuff. But thankfully, I really did feel like I had so much support, like, all the time. You know, whether it was, like, the school system we were with, and they were, like, able to have different things for um, one of our children, or, like, you know, whether it was just, like, different friends that we made, and, like, we could just feel that, 
that like overlying support. And I feel like one of the biggest things I loved about being here was just that feeling that like we could be out on the streets, we could be doing whatever we were doing in the day and we just never had to feel judged because of the number of children we had, right? Which like never should be a thing, but was constantly a thing for me in the city. It was like, people would be looking at me and be like, you have three kids. I'm like, yes, thank you for telling me you know how to do math. Like, <laughs> it's just like, it was just like, I was just so done with having the spotlight of people like telling me how they did math with my family number and all of this kind of stuff. And just like, you know, just like having that be like, not shunned or like whatever, like not openly shunned, but like underlyingly shunned, right? It was like, it was like, you're not a normal 